Hey, what's up, guys? Before I get started, I just want to say thank you so much for listening, liking, commenting, sharing, following. Um, I'm having a ton of fun doing this thing, and uh, I really appreciate the support. So it's my 10th episode. I want to have someone special on for you guys. He just so happens to be the person that motivated me, gave me a lot of insight to launch this podcast. I met him last year as he was visiting for Gen Con. We get to go over his passion of card game, board game, all the fun, nerdy stuff. Um, we talk about the beginning steps of designing games, which he has done himself. He shares with us some board games that we should have at a house party if people are coming over or, or even some travel games that are easy to bring with. Um, he is from Australia, so we get to talk about different Australian slang terms, uh, terminology in general, and of course, my fear of Australia, which I think everyone knows is spiders. Um, he currently lives in Canada, so that's kind of a fun conversation as well. He also has his own podcast and even his own platform called the Booster Pack Network. Um, it's all things gaming, all things nerdy. He has passions for traveling, passions for movies. Um, this was a very fun episode, so please give it up for Rands Lincoln. Hey, dude. Hey, what's up, my man? Not much, man. Not much. Just a lazy day here on in Eastern Canada. How's things doing with you? I'm good. I'm doing pretty well. Um, it is. It's like that weird time in Indiana where, like, it's supposed to get warm, and it gets warm for a couple of days, and then it's just rainy and cold and and crappy. Yeah. So, like, you, you get that sort of like full spring at the beginning of the, like sort of the end of the winter. Pretty much, the, yeah, yeah, comes through. yeah, and it's like it look. I mean, like right now, if I look outside, it looks like gorgeous, like sunny, whatever. But it's windy. Still or, feel like, it. It just feels, yeah, it's just not not my favorite. So yeah, yeah, it still feels like it's coming. Yeah, well, here it's getting to that point. Like, I mean, I'm usually the one bitching about weather on these things, but um, uh, yeah, it's still it's still pretty cold here, and it's getting to that. We got that rainy thing that you you were talking about just before. Yeah. Um, I had a nap before and, uh, <laughs> and I, I just, you know, I, I let it, I let it run a little long and I, uh, I woke up and looked at my clock and I get up early in the mornings and I saw mm -hmm. six o'clock and I was like, fuck, I slept through the entire night. Uh, but of course it was just six o'clock this <laughs> afternoon. So yeah, yeah, so for sure. Like, All right. That mm. works. Um, yeah, for like a full 90 seconds. I'm like, shit, I slept through the fucking podcast. I'm late for work. Like the fuck. So wait, so what time is it there? uh it's only an hour ahead of you so it's only eight o'clock okay yeah because where where are you in canada uh prince edward island okay gotcha gotcha yeah that's yeah. gonna come up i'm sure yeah i'm sure it is um <laughs> well dude first off i just want to start off by saying thank you for being the uh the big push and the motivation for me to launch this podcast oh dude no problem at all yeah thank you for uh putting it out Listen yeah to a couple dude. episodes now it's good yeah thanks you're doing it thank you I, i'm having fun i enjoy it 
Um, but yeah. I want to start with uh, so the people who are listening, I um, I've talked about you a couple times, I haven't dropped your name, but you know, here you are. Um, I mentioned <laughs> that that's you know, right. So we met. It was Gen Con, right? It was. It was. Uh, I was bartending downtown Indianapolis, and then after Gen Con, you stopped in. You were waiting for your flight. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's. Oh man, that was a that was a shit show of a of a of a transit <laughs> trip. That was. Uh, so that was my first time coming to Indy. Okay. And we. Uh, and the convention was on, as you mentioned. Um, that day, I think I was, and it was just a coincidence. I was supposed to fly out at five a.m. in the morning that day. They got us on the plane, got us all ready, got the doors all locked. I don't know, started the plane, uh, and I guess the engine started fucking smoking or something like that. And um, and yeah, it was, uh, it was. let's get off the plane, 20 minutes, you'll be all set, you'll be back on the plane. So they get us off, and 6 o'clock comes, and they're still like, yeah, another 20 minutes, it's going to be fine. 7 o'clock comes, another 20 minutes, it's going to be fine, we promise you, there's something happening. 10.30 in the morning comes, no news whatsoever. Uh, and I think we ended up just leaving the airport i think they ended up just calling that entire flight and then getting a flight back to canada that entire transit trip from indianapolis took me like 42 hours because by the time i got back to canada i'd miss connecting flights had to stay in mm-hmm. montreal a day it was uh that was a shit show dude that was an absolute shit show but hey this came out of it this came out of it yeah dude i um that reminds me well okay so for those delays where they're like hey another 20 minutes whatever would you rather be on the plane hearing that or would you rather be off no i was off i was at the bar drinking no, but would like you rather day. if you had the choice? Because there was a, a trip about like almost a year and a half ago, um, actually almost two years now, where I was in uh, Zion and we were flying back and mm-hmm. we were it was a delay. They're like, hey, just 20 minutes. Hey, 20 minutes. And so it's two hours of us sitting on the plane in the runway waiting. And I'm like, OK, this oh, that that would that just would piss me off. I'd much rather be off having some drinks. Oh, for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm so much glad that they did it that way. But at the same time, I, you know, this this piecemeal information that you were getting at the time, and this is this is coming out of pretty much like just like the the real sphincter end of COVID, like just, just <laughs> like whatever the restrictions were. Literally, I think on my flight back, my flight to Indy, they had mask restrictions. On my flight back, they didn't. Like that's where we were in the COVID thing, right? Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That was crazy times, man. Still crazy times. <laughs> but that was crazy. Still is. Still yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Everything. Everything just feels crazy at the moment, for sure. Okay, so for the people who can't tell, you are obviously from Australia. G'day. G'day. <laughs> to the people who can't tell. Yeah, not New Zealand people. We're not going to talk about that. Um, <laughs> nah, so, when did you, so when did you move from there? Uh, well, I'm glad you mentioned New Zealand because I do actually live in New Zealand for a short time. Um, but uh, from Australia, I showed up in Canada back in early 2017. And that so, was the purpose of that move? Uh, it was, uh, apt to the podcast, um, a little bit of passion, uh, a little bit of, uh, um, just, uh, wanting to get out of somewhere, uh, Australia, uh, obviously I'd lived there all my life before I was, you know, tw- in my mid twenties, uh, me and my partner at the time were, uh, just looking to, to move somewhere that was easy to move to. Um, and I, again, speaking of passion, wanted to work in film. So we moved to, uh, to we moved to Vancouver and I did that for a little while. Um, and yeah, that's sort of why we stayed there for a little bit. There's some more to that story, but I mean, I <laughs> I don't think you've got the uh, I don't think you've got the upload rates to get through the whole the whole saga. I got time. 
<laughs> no, but seriously, it was just it was a bunch of coincidences and and stuff like that. Like uh, it was uh, it, it turned out really good, but um, but uh, we ended up getting trapped in Vancouver for a bit, and then moving in with some people and helping a dude through a divorce uh, when his wife left. It was a it was a whole thing. So ultimately, what it was going to be was just a two year sort of like blow up trip just to try you know Vancouver film industry, see what Canada's all about, do the U.S. Uh, do a little road trip through both U.S. and Canada. Uh, but by the time, you know, uh, that whole um, thing that I mentioned with the divorce and everything like that, uh, with mm -hmm. this friend we made uh, and sort of helped him and his family, his kids get back on track and stuff, uh, it sort of had burnt through about 18 months of a two-year visa. So we're just like, well, let's be Canadian for a while. So we went for permanent residency and after a fuck ton of lawyer fees and uh, a lot of paperwork, uh, ultimately ended up getting it. Yes. Yeah. Benefit of not, uh, you know betraying the the commonwealth crown i guess you know they let uh, they let the the queen's countries in a little bit a uh, little bit easy what's it like living up there uh fucking cold yeah yeah as an australian who's used to literally uh hot summer and not as hot summer seeing four seasons shoveling snow all that sort of stuff was a whole new experience for me Jeez, yeah and those winters don't stop you feel like they're going to go away and then it's just snow and cold no and i mentioned new zealand before and obviously new zealand has a little bit of snow but it's a it's a different kind of snow. New Zealand is sort of like a sports light snow. Like it's like, yeah, come do skiing and stuff like that. Up here, it's sort of, sort of like, a, you know, like misery, Stephen King misery, sort of like heavy oh. level of just like your thick white blankets of, of you know, <laughs> dirty snow across the thing. Um, it's, look, it's, it's, it's cool. Um, there's, it's got a lot of benefits and, and obviously I'm sticking it out here. Yeah, for sure. So when did you start your, um, when did you start the well, podcast? All right, well, let's let's inter let's interject. Let's interject. So, yes, I, uh, I, you know, we spoke way back in Indy. Yeah. Um, and you were talking about, hey, you know, like, what do you do? You know, you do you, you know, you were bartending on me, you know, you're doing the doing the good thing, you know, looking for your tips, getting the good small talk in. Um, and you're basically <laughs> like, <laughs> you're basically like, hey, what do you do? And I told you that I, I did like a gaming podcast, which is why I was in town for Gen Con, which for those who don't know, is a um, is like the biggest board gaming convention of uh, of um like sort of north america uh it's kind of like the coachella of board games but with less you know half naked people um unfortunately or considering the crowd maybe fortunately um <laughs> yeah gotcha yeah and uh yeah so ultimately you were just talking about you had this podcast that you kicked around we did meet once like this so tell me like just quickly what's 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 the idea of your podcast give me the give me like the elevator pitch for what i'm doing right now so it's honestly just uh, communicating and connecting with interesting people. So either people who have passions of different arts or just people who have passions in general, you know, whether it's someone who is writing music or has their own podcast or um, does film, photography, any art really, or just anything really interesting, mainly conversational, awesome, right? Yeah. 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 That's, that's awesome. And just getting yeah. to know, you know, what, what makes those people tick and what makes them, you know, pursue the yeah. passions i get it and and I it was it. really it was really like the push from you where we were just talking and clicking because it was a slow night i think it was like a monday or something like that and uh i went home and i just wrote a bunch of notes down and that's where we kind of were connecting a little bit more after your 42 hour dilemma of a day <laughs> and uh i was like hey let's let's get together because i just needed like the tips of all right how does this work how does that work what are some ideas here blah 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 and developing the name was always like a struggle in itself um <laughs> and what but, what okay so what the name is project showtime break that down for me what's that all about so my last name is showalter 
Um, <laughs> okay. So, <that's, laughs> so, so I wanted to include that somewhat with, with the name, right? Um, yeah. And and for a while, I had a couple ideas for a name, but uh, they were taken. But project was was one of the ideas I had. So it was like project, you know, project passion or or something like that. I was like, well, these are taken or whatever. So I didn't really want to obviously deal with that whole uh, mess. So <laughs> I uh, just started looking around kind of thinking I'm like well I want to get my name involved somehow and it's funny because the guest that was on their episode just came out her uh her partner was like I just realized now why he calls it Project Showtime I'm like yeah yeah because of my last name thank you <laughs> that's um, awesome well so, yeah, I mean so let me go. just give you one word of advice like the hardest thing about starting any podcast is finding a name that isn't taken that's 100 because there's 900,000 of them and there's another you know, 3,000 released every day. So you've got to like get on top of it and make it snappy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's that's pretty much what happened. I mean, once once mm-hmm. we connected and I went home, I uh, poured myself a drink to just kind of like get the kind of get like the mind flown and just like started writing and thinking of stuff. I'm like, okay, this could work. This could work. Or if I do it this way. And then that's when we connected uh, probably yeah, like a yeah. month after that. Um, and then the delay... And I know we connected a couple of times, but I said, hey, I finally have a launch date. Because I know that was the first thing you said. You're like, hey, come up with a launch date. So it kind of motivates yourself to like stay, you know, on top of it or stay responsible mm-hmm. and, and whatnot. So here I am. I'm, awesome, I'm, man. Well, I mean, you've got a ton of episodes ahead of you to crap on about your own stuff. Let's get back to me. Yes, of um, course. <laughs> <laughs> so I think your your last question, uh, run it again. It was about how did I start my podcast? Do we, ju- do we want to jump in maybe a little bit earlier in that story then? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to turn off my podcaster brain as well because I'm like, all right, let's get some let's get some stuff on record here. Um, so uh, I didn't start my podcast until I moved to where I am now, which is East Coast Canada, Prince Edward Island, far out. Um, I brought some for our, uh, cause we met during drinking. I bought, uh, some while you're serving me beers, I bought some local Island craft beer and stuff like that to, to have throughout the show. And maybe sometimes thematically they'll come up. We'll start with this one. Cause we always already mentioned me working in film. So this one's a <laughs> Hollywood IPA, a West coast IPA. And it's uh, it's breakdown is a West coast inspired IPA. Hollywood has a biscuit milk backbone that is derived from pale ale malt, moderate yep. bitterness, intense hops character and notes of melon and pine so all right is i'm gonna brood, start that and then is that brewed in on. canada yeah it's brewed here on the island and i got one later for pilsner later commons uh and that name has a meaning too we'll bring that up when that comes up absolutely um but uh, yeah so let's let's jump back into the story keep this thing a little linear so uh i moved from australia had a bunch of passions there as well I, you know i did some film school and stuff like that but obviously uh, the film industry down there isn't quite what it was up here. So I went up to Vancouver and I did that for a little while. I was an extra and I was a production assistant and stuff and got on some cool shows there and, and met a whole bunch of cool people. But ultimately, I, I thought I was passionate about it. And the thing that really sort of rocked me was like once I got into it, once I started doing it, I sort of understood the grind of it and how tricky it was and, and you know, sort of reassessed where my passion was. Am I passionate enough to work, you know, 15 hour a day uh, and, you know, Seven, sometimes six, seven days a week, depending on the shoot, um, all hours of the night and everything like that, just to sort of watch my peers sort of get downtrodden by the, the upper parts of the industry. So I did end up sort of deciding to step away from that. And uh, and another thing that I was passionate about, obviously, as we've mentioned a couple of times already, was travel. So uh, then me and my then partner sort of hit the road for uh, six months and sort of did all of the US and just lived out of our, our van for a while. 
um, and ultimately ended up back over here on the east coast of Canada. Now, the reason I bring that up is because that's sort of going to cushion us into where I am when I start this podcast. So uh, when we went to Canada, though, it was a bit of a, again, another traveling shit show. Because uh, it was very end of 2019, like coming into like the harshest part of winter. Uh, and we wanted to sort of live somewhere totally opposite to uh, Vancouver. So basically opposite to Vancouver is the other coastal city on the other side of the country. Um, that's more Atlantic rather than Pacific. Uh, and it's beautiful, man. Like, you know, it's got like sailing yachts and it's like a nice city built on a hill, colorful houses. And uh, and my girlfriend had done uh, at the time had done all of that navigation for that U.S. trip. You know, we went everywhere, you know, Florida, Texas, basically the entire country, uh, except for parts of the Midwest. But um, ultimately what ended up happening is I said, right, you've done such a good job on this trip. I'm going to uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take care of all the stuff once we get across the border. So don't you worry. So I look it up. I look up this place. I didn't want to tell her where it was. I wanted to be surprised because I'd, I'd seen the brochure. I'd seen the pictures on, and I wanted to drive into drive into the city and be like, this is where we live now. And that place was called St. John's and it's on Newfoundland, Canada. However, I didn't know that last part. And I also didn't know that Canada has two cities called St. John's. So when I put it into my GPS, <laughs> I ended up going to the wrong fucking St. John's and ended up in this industrial town, which was also on the ocean, but just an absolute, just like concrete mess of like pollution and everything like that. We got there and our sort of jaws dropped, like people were getting mugged by seagulls. Not really, but like it was like they were, it was like a brutal town. Like it was a rough sort of place to be. Uh, so we freaked out and we were like, we can't live here. This is not an acceptable place. And I was like, sorry, baby, this is not the place I thought we were going. So we hit the road <laughs> and kept driving. And this is where the, this is where the road ended. Um, and we we're going to stay for one summer. A bunch of locals said that, you know, this place is gorgeous in the summer. Just stay through the winter. And we got like a six month lease. We're like, we'll ride that out and go to Toronto. Uh, and again, for those who are paying acute attention, it, that was very end of 2019. So before our lease was up, the world shut down. Uh, and then basically three years later, I still live here. <laughs> That's an awesome story. Uh, <laughs> so, OK, so you left a lot out of it. Well, yeah, still a good story. Um, <laughs> there was one Have thing I did want to mention, and we'll get to mm -hmm. the well. I wanted to talk to you about some Australian stuff later, but you yeah. mentioned the seagulls, uh, mugging pedestrians. People, is there a bird? <laughs> is there a bird in Australia that attacks, that chases people and attacks them? Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of them. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> and in fact, it's it. You know, like when you're a kid and you're an idiot kid, it becomes a pastime, actually. Okay. Um, but uh, so basically, um, magpies, uh, sort of kind of like crows. Uh, they they have North American ones as well, but they're a completely different breed. Um, but they're very protective of their territory, and they sort of like when they make a nest, uh, they sort of circle out an area. Yeah. Uh, and the mother, I believe, the mother and father both take duties, like pretty much 24 hours a day. And if you walk through it, they come down and they intentionally like clip your ears or your hair or whatever. Um, so sometimes I don't know if you'll see it, but if you ever see like a, maybe an Australian with a bike, like a bike helmet on or something like that, they'll have like uh zip ties sticking out the top of it. It's okay. so that the, when the, when the magpies come down or the butcher birds come down, they'll only clip the zip ties and not actually hit you in the head. That's pretty smart. I yeah. mean, what else, what else are you going to do? <laughs> you know hack. what I mean? Yeah. Life hack. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, Dude, so yeah so, so yeah there is a couple of different breeds of birds that'll uh that'll just you know take you out clip your ears like i mean i've had bleeding ears and from them and stuff like that and it's uh yeah it's 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 a nuisance but once you're old enough like you know when you're a kid it's really freaky but once you're old enough if you don't have some sort of bird phobia it's it's all right there are compared to the other animals in australia yeah exactly that's what i was gonna say there are so many reasons i would like to go to australia but there are plenty of reasons i don't want to 
number one, I am not a fan of spiders any size whatsoever. Okay, <laughs> so there's one. Um, and I and I know they're over there, man. Um, yeah, they are. I mean, they are, but they're also. I mean, they're here. They're just a lot more poisonous in Australia. Gosh, dude, I, I have. I think I need therapy. Like I said this a couple <laughs> a couple episodes ago to my buddy Tyler, who's also in film. Um, yeah, I told him. I said, man, I have this this phobia of like if there's a spider or something in the room i like shut down but over mm-hmm. there man you got some of those poisonous things in the world you got snakes spiders scorpions of all different sizes things that... uh, yeah it's uh it is it is intense if you're in the wrong spot but i wouldn't let that stop you from going to australia okay yeah, we have you know we have a pretty we have a pretty amicable relationship with the the poisonous spiders. You don't if you know if you don't fuck with them, they usually don't fuck with you. But there's some there's some big non poisonous spiders you'll see over there as well, like those big huntsmen. They're sort of like got like a leg span, like a dinner plate, yeah. man. They're sort of like I think they're part of like a tarantula type family, like in that same vein. I regret having you talk about this now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's do some immersion therapy. So oh, one of my favorite dude. things is in summer, if you walk along like an urban street and you look up at the power lines, it's what I call Spider City. And it's basically just a patchwork of different spider webs all the way through the, you can just follow it along with literally hundreds of spiders running along the, the sides of the roads, anywhere, everywhere and anywhere. And you don't want to walk into a bush, any bush, any time during, I don't know, during the warmer months. <laughs> so I hope that helps somehow. <laughs> I hope you sleep well tonight, Jason. I'm not going to at all. <laughs> um, good lord. Okay. Well. Well. What's funny is uh, a friend of mine actually moved from uh, Indianapolis, and she went to college over in Australia, and she's going to be out okay. here in a couple weeks. So nice. Um, yeah, and and she still lives there, so it'll be kind of good to catch up with her and, and talk about life in Australia and how it's going. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. So when did your um passion of board games card games start exactly okay cool so yeah. uh for those who don't know i don't know if you do an intro or whatever but um so basically the reason again we talked about board games with gen con and stuff and the reason i was there is i'm i was there pitching my own designs like things that i made up you know um at the time i think when i saw you at gen con i was off pitching a couple of different games uh, but the main one was like an uno sort of like a just like a family card game matching colors that sort of thing um, and that was good, uh, but my passion from board games comes from just being a board game player. Um, like my favorite, like I, it's always been something that's clicked with me just mentally, right? Like it's just something yeah. that when, when we have something physical in front of me, like that kind of game, that's, that's where my brain sort of clues in. Like I, I like video games as much as the next casual player. Um, but I would much rather sit down at a table and move, you know, little pieces around a, a cardboard piece of board. Um, so that sort of started as young as uh you know five six like my favorite part in my house i used to live in a, a house on a big farm property in australia go figure um and at the the bottom of like this this like um linen closet like for you know towels and whatever was mm-hmm. sort of like my family's legacy collection of of board games uh and that was my favorite place in my house like i had in my own room my toys and stuff like that but pulling out all those board games playing with the pieces moving them around uh and i used to i, I was too young to read the rules so i used to just make up whatever you know i used to just be like I think I, you know, we play Monopoly and stuff like that, but then there'd be a couple more obscure games that nobody really knew how to play, and I was too impatient to read about them. So I just make up what I did with the pieces and stuff, and that sort of was sort of where I sort of started tinkering with games and stuff. Um, and then since uh, have sort of since moving to uh, to uh, Prince Edward Island here, this side of Canada, I've really sort of 
ratcheted up what I do. So, you know, that sort of leads into why I do like a gaming, a board gaming or tabletop gaming podcast. Um, and sort of I use that as, as, as sort of like my networking into the industry and then making and connecting with people, sort of like what you're doing here, but connecting with people who are in roles and positions that, you know, I would aspire to have or, you know, might know people who are, uh, you know, in places that I want to be. So, uh, so my passion for board games goes all the way back from being a kid. Um, and I've been designing, uh, seriously, seriously designing since 2019, 2020, um, and sort of amateur designing before that. So walk me through the designing process. Like, how does it, do you just, some idea clicks in your head and then you just start kind of brainstorming things together or how does that work? Well, I mean, there's, there's a couple of different approaches people take, um, but typically it breaks down into two categories. Um, so we're going to get super nerdy here because we're talking about gaming. Let's do um, it. Man. Okay. So uh, there's two, let's do it. Let's, let's, let's get, I'm already wearing glasses, but let's get our glasses on and, and geek out. <laughs> um, all right. So there's two types of ways of doing this. Um, you got top down design and bottom up design. They're basically two different approaches um, that some game designers use to qualify how they approach starting the, a design. So a, a, a top-down design would be like, you know what? I want to make a game about collecting uh, apples and oranges and bananas from a bazaar in the Middle East. So you do that. Uh, you, you think about what that experience would be like for, you know, in reality. And then you think about, you know, what the game mechanics of that are. Do you need to get money so you can buy the fruit? Are you picking the fruit, taking it to the vendors and then bartering? Like, what is... What are you wanting to do? Uh, and that will typically inform what the, you know, in the rules when you're designing them or uh, from a designer's perspective are considered mechanics. Uh, basically, the, the cogs and the wheels that make the game work in the way that it does. Um, so basically, you know, I'm making my Middle Eastern uh, fruit trading game and uh, or Middle Eastern themed fruit trading game. And uh, so I'm thinking about, all right, uh, am I visiting stalls? Am I just swapping cards with another player? Am I Who am I in this game as well? Am I the fruit trader? Am I the fruit picker? Or am I a customer? Am I a tourist? What am I? Uh, and you just try and extrapolate from the theme those rules, basically the rules, the mechanics of the game. The other is quite the opposite. You're like, all right, I say, you know, you'll have an inspiration from somewhere. Say I, I want to play poker, but wouldn't Texas Hold'em be so much cooler with six cards? So, you know, you basically just make Texas Hold'em, but you add a sixth card to the, uh, you know, to the the common hand. Um, or, you know, you take away three cards or something like that. Um, and then you find a theme, usually. I mean, obviously, poker doesn't have, a, you know, a, you know, overarching sort of uh, flavorful theme, like, you know, doesn't do anything. But uh, what it does is you can be like, all right, well, so it's six things. What is an important thing in life that has six things? Maybe you're collecting a different type of half a dozen eggs or something like that. You're going to have to excuse me. I haven't eaten. So or everything's going to be food themed at the moment in all my you're examples. Good. You're good. Keep <laughs> it up, man. I'm down. Um, so yeah. So yeah. So there's two different ways to start. It's like, what, what, what do I want to make a game about or what kind of uh, way do I want to play uh, a game? And what have I seen? Usually it comes from inspiration from before. Like, so I want to make chess, but it's not about capturing a king. It's about, um, you know, uh, at the high school prom. Or something like that, you know, getting your pieces to dance together or something. Um, so yeah, so two different ways to approach it, and and you know, I've done a bunch of stuff uh, from both angles. Um, that game I mentioned before, like the the Uno kind of color matching game, totally mm -hmm. bottom up. I was like, I just want to make a kids friendly game, basically for four year olds, um, and so I just went and did that, and then I changed the theme. Initially, it was about stealing jewels, 
and then it became about making rainbows. So it, you know, it changed over time. Uh, another one I had is, I mean, I love Australian, so I can be guilty of this. Love Mad Max. Like, I love the Mad Max world, especially the yeah. most recent one. So I made a, you know, I made a game about, uh, you know, like a, a driving along an endless, endless road. And basically, mm -hmm. the idea is you're either going to run out of fuel, you're going to blow up your car, or you're going to get away from the other people on the road. Like, you're going to get so far ahead that you can't get caught. You know, just run away with it. Uh, or out, outrun your other people. And that and that was completely from the opposite end. I'm like, well, what are the, you know, what would you be doing if you're on a road? And extrapolated from there. I like that. So is, is there, okay, so of those two, are, are there any current ones you're working on right now? Yeah, so um, so let's talk about the one I'm working on right now. So the one I'm working on right now is um, it's actually a co-design with another designer uh, who I've known for a couple of years, um, and they've had a couple of very very successful games. Um, a lot of the board game community self-publishing uh, is a real big deal in board gaming nowadays because of crowdfunding. I don't know if people know what Kickstarter is, but essentially you can you know throw your idea up on this web page and and people will give you money and then you make it and send it to them in the best case scenario. Um, and ultimately, you know, he's had a bunch of success there and then, uh, also sold some games to some other companies. So we're working on this together and this is in a purely, uh, what I was talking about before bottom up design. So there was a company who I'm very familiar with. I've done some work for them and stuff like that. Cause we haven't really mentioned it, but you know, why I was in town for Gen Con is doing work for gaming companies, you know, freelance stuff. Um, whether that's, you know, liaising with in, in at Gen Con, I was basically teaching all the content creators how to play games that. Another okay. convention of doing demos and stuff. So this one company is uh, had just sold one of their most popular games to uh, a big European sort of broad game conglomerate. And they wanted a game that was sort of like that, but different, like with a point of difference. So this, ga this other game was about, you know, mixing things together and then fighting with them. This one that I'm making is about mixing things together and then going rather than fighting the people you're playing with, working together with them to get to beat an adventure. Gotcha. So that's sort of what I'm working on at the moment. I was just trying to think. What was it? Uh, actually, my dad. My dad was a nerd. Um, he showed me. <laughs> Is it skip a uh, generation? No, I don't. I, maybe I don't know. Um, <laughs> he showed me uh, tabletop with Will Wheaton. Did you oh, watch yeah. that? Okay. Yeah. And so and yeah. and it was so crazy. So when my family uh, came to visit me in Indianapolis, they just put it on YouTube, and we were just sit we would watch like hours of them play board games, mm -hmm. and from there we just went to a game shop picked up a couple games and then that's kind of like what we did like after my parents retired they just really started like emphasizing more time in board games and playing board games when like we would come visit or, or when people come over and we turned on this show and some of the games that like stood out that we ended up going to buy was like simple like just simple card games or simple dice games like dice games are always like i think the easiest just to kind of pick up on like zombie dice, for example, that one is mm -hmm. a pretty quick one. Um, but then there was a game called uh, Code Names, and it's like mm -hmm. word association. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, oh. The audience might not, but I certainly do. Yeah. So it's um. So I've played it with a couple of people who, who I'm sure have listened. And uh, basically, you have it's like word association. So you'll have all these words out. You, you and your teammate will work together and say, "All right, there's three. Let's say." Um, computer for three right so then computer would mm -hmm. like that would associate with three words on your board you want to get those three if they choose the wrong one and choose the other teams they get the point or if they choose what is it like the assassin or something like that yeah there's like a hidden piece so if like you a spy have, or something. if you force 
Yeah, it's it's uh yeah the informant or the assassin or something. I can't remember. I think it's, I think it's, it's there's a couple of different themes for it, but the whole thing is like a spy theme, so that would make sense. But yeah, if, yeah. It, if you s- accidentally get the guessing team to choose the piece that is secretly the assassin, uh, it's instant game over for instant, that team. Instant over, yeah. Um, what are some other games? Yeah, it's, I mean, t- it's t- a Stone Cold classic. Yeah, it is honestly. And then there, uh, I tried like the duo version where it's just you and one other person. It's a little more complicated. Mm. Um, okay. It's just not as fun. Like it, I, mm-hmm. I'm a fan of like kind of like the party games and whatnot like that. So, um, so uh, Codenames is a great one to bring up because it's one of my favorite gaming stories about passion. Um, okay. There was been a designer who was in the space for a couple of couple of decades. He never really had like a breakthrough hit, but he basically just went for a walk with his dog one day and just was thinking about ideas. Just so like it was just like I just need something simple. I just really want a simple idea that can just just work and just just flow out of me and stuff like that and just on the course of this walk you just from the time you left his house to the time you got home 15 minutes had designed the entire game in its entirety did not know that did not know yeah 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 Yeah. he's uh yeah and now it's one of the biggest you know selling games it's in walmarts and targets and you know barnes and nobles and all that sort of stuff world over what are some games like what are some good ones that speaking on that that people should have like let's say if they typically have like house parties or people over or like mm-hmm. even travel games or something like what are some ones that come to mind okay so uh just in case people aren't really into the world um so board gaming has come a long way especially in the last sort of decade but it sort of has evolved and grown a lot since sort of where it was in the mid 80s late 80s and stuff like that so you know when we think about board games most people think about things like monopoly and clue and stuff like that those sort of family-centric sort yep. of, you know, classics that you would, you know, again, find absolutely at every toy store across the world. But board gaming, hobby board gaming especially, uh, is starting to trickle into main culture, mainstream culture, and things like these inventions, these these game designs are starting to sort of become more popular. You walk, as I said before, you know, I name drop things like Barnes & Noble, you walk into those, all of those have like a semi-serious board game section nowadays. So this isn't all mm-hmm. about like, you know, uh, Dungeons and Dragons style, like fantasy or anything like that. It's a lot more accessible. Like my example about a Middle Eastern fruit trading game, such a such a a, a no brainer for uh, you know a game design, right? Um, there's that's the kind of thing that is. I mean, there's games about you know painting the roses in Alice in Wonderland. There's games about racing camels. There's all sorts of things. So uh, when I'm talking about the type of gaming I want, it's not really that sort of Hasbro Mattel type gaming. That is Monopoly and and Clue and Battleship and stuff like that. We're talking more about sort of like these hobby things, things that, you know, maybe uh, people who have seen tabletop will know what I'm talking about, but that's the kind of thing. Um, And they're so much more accessible. People walk into board game stores and see things like those dragons and stuff like that and maybe expect that it is just a big nerd hobby nowadays. That Mm -hmm. stigma is sort of starting to fade away, but uh, still something that is a threshold. But if you go into one of these stores, there is a ton of great party games. I'm sure most people have heard of things like Cards Against Humanity. Not a favorite of mine, but obviously it's something that, you know, is great sort of just to have around at a party. One that I like is a little bit think like not too thinky. It's 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 a pretty slack game. There's only 15 cards in it. Love Letter. I don't know if you've ever played it, but basically it's just basically a hidden role game. uh, it's it, you are you are like uh, trying to get a love letter to a princess, and essentially you're just constantly getting new cards. And the th- thing that you don't want to do is die throughout the game. And it's super simple. Lasts about five minutes. You can play about ten, like you can literally play like five games in half an hour, and sort of determine who the winner is from that. So love letter, huge recommendation there. Like I said, so portable. Like you said, travel and party, it works on both. So portable, literally comes with its own pouch. You can throw it in a backpack yep. or whatever, and it's it's ready to go. 
Um, I mean, uh, speaking of hidden role games, like, I mean, I can go on about this for hours, but there's games like One Night Ultimate Werewolf, which basically, you know, all the people, I don't know if you uh, know what social deduction games are, but mm-hmm. uh, essentially uh, you all sit around in a circle and each of you sort of get a, ca- a secret card and it tells you who you are on the card. And most people in One Night Ultimate Werewolf are villagers, but two people are the werewolves. And basically the goal of the werewolves is to do some actions while everybody has their eyes closed. And then everybody opens their eyes and the goal of the game is to lie to each other about what everybody did so that the werewolves at the end aren't the ones chosen to be killed. And killed basically just means it's like a vote by committee. Okay, I like that. Yeah. It seems pretty, it seems like easy to pick up on. Like those mm-hmm. are some games that, I mean, if if there's there's a, a couple that my wife and I, we go to their house quite often and um, uh, we'll have like, we'll just cook dinner together and then we'll just keep it simple. Like let's just play a game. Let's play some new games. And it's kind of like, all right, is this easy to understand right away? Or, you know, certain, uh, certain games where it just take a little too much into, especially like we go over, we're like having some drinks, just relaxing, having a dinner party. It's like, all right, I don't think I have the capacity to learn a new game that <laughs> takes, just takes way too much time to think. Um, yeah. But those, those fun, like quick pickup games or those quick turnaround games, like, like what you said about love letter. Those are those are the games that I'm all about, man. They're quick. Uh, I mean, you know, yeah, me too. Um, I'm I'm so much more in favor of like light to midweight games. And in board gaming, we use this term weight to determine how uh, crunchy or complicated a game is. So a heavyweight game might take two hours to learn and then six hours to play. But a lightweight game is like what I'm talking about. It takes two minutes to learn, five to fifteen minutes to play, and you're all set. And they that's the sweet spot. That's where you want to be. Okay. All right, so we got Love Letter. That's a good yep. game to have. Um, yep. What? What? G- give me some other ones because I'm actually going. Uh, my wife and I are going to that couple's house this weekend, so I'm trying to think okay. if I should oh. go pick up, pick up, pick up some quick games. We have awesome. a cabinet. Well, you, like, get... We have a cabinet full of quite a few, but I mean, um, there's there's just a couple ones. Like I'm always down for learning a new game. You know what I mean? For sure. Well, okay. Yeah. So I'll drop one more in here because I don't want to derail the show too much on uh, just recommendation because uh, again. I can uh, I can pretty selfishly go through it. All right, maybe maybe two, maybe two. Uh, okay, so first one uh, is one I actually uh, first was shown at Gen Con uh, by a designer I'm familiar with, uh, Nathan. I can't remember his last name, but his company is called Storm Chaser Games. Um, and ultimately, it's just called Green Team Wins, and it's really simple. Essentially, there is silly question a silly question card in the middle, um, and everybody has like a uh, like a laminated board that you can write on with like a, a a dry erase marker right okay and ultimately the goal is everybody secretly writes down an answer to the question in the middle so the question in the middle one of the questions is what's harder in a video game the water level or the desert level so everybody it's usually a binary choice well it's always a binary choice actually it's always like an a or a b thing so you you'll all secretly write down your answer so what would be your answer for that i know what mine is well, I feel like water's more dangerous. Well, see, I'm thinking too much into it. I would say water. Yeah. Although so, the desert uh, level, I mean, the desert level, I'm sure is going to focus on like some type of hydration system or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, okay, let's not get too much into what the, what sorry. the okay, about. sorry. But yeah, Onward. but yeah, I think there's a timer on it. Like you've got like 10 seconds to think about it or whatever. Like okay. it's a rapid pace thing. Uh, and we'll all write it down and say there's four people playing. You'll flip over your cards. And if you're somebody who doesn't have an answer, shared with somebody else mm. you'll you'll flip over your your dry race thing and you'll be on the game is called green team wins and you'll be on the green team and every round that you end where you're on the green team 
you get a point. I think that's how it works. But ultimately, it's about sort of either guessing or guessing what other people are going to say, sort of like using that same thing that Scattergories does. Yeah. Um, so green team wins, super easy to pick up. It comes, I think there's a, a version that literally comes in like it's very, like it's so small, it come, the entire thing comes in like a, a fanny pack. Uh, nice. with its own branding and stuff like that. So you can literally take it anywhere. Uh, the other one I will recommend, which is what uh, I didn't actually demo it much at Gen Con, but I was doing uh, doing the booth for it at um, at another convention I did in Vancouver a couple months after we met. And uh, it's awesome. It's called Ready, Set, Bet. And you, this is the kind of thing where it's one person needs to know how to play and everybody else doesn't need to know anything about it when you come to the table. So as long as the person who bought the game knows what's going on, that's all you need to know. And there's an app that'll even do the rules for you but essentially it's basically you're all people standing around a horse track betting on horses and one person is moving the horses up the track race with rolling die just because completely random and uh and people are placing like uh, casino chips on a board and then whichever horse wins pays out and then whoever has the most money after four rounds wins oh i'm adding that to my amazon cart right now yeah it's, it was uh it sold out last year i don't know if they've restocked yet it was like it was a huge success so check that out ready set bet got it right here amazon have it by i could have it by saturday or i mean i could probably go pick it up there's there's this um not too far from the house there's a pretty nice uh game store where we'll tend to go every once in a while and just kind of see that's that's honestly just going into the store is like a mm -hmm. good way for us to learn too. Instead of like looking online for certain things, you go in and either the people there can help you or there's certain cat. There's even like sections where it's like, Hey, here, here's like quick turnaround games or quick travel games or whatever. So, so can I throw you a travel story from that thing and a, uh, a shameless plug? Absolutely. So that morning before we met after the, the start of the troubles, uh, I was lost in Indianapolis, never been to Indianapolis before. Don't know what the hell I'm doing. So I'm literally just walking the streets uh, after this convention. Convention shut down. Everybody else is on their flights, flying back to their beautiful houses uh, and happy lives. I'm sitting there in misery, walking around the streets of Indianapolis in, you know, peak summer, just sweating with literally, a, 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 you know, I didn't take any check baggage. So I have to have a backpack and then a second backpack that have all my game designs in it. Basically, between the two, must weigh, I was going to say 20 kilograms, but let me translate that to pounds, like 35 pounds together. Uh, and that's I'm literally lot, just man. hopping around. Sorry, that's a lot. Yeah, that's, that's it was a good it amount of weight. It was it was a lot. I'm just flopping around. I went to the bus station to see if they had lockers that I could just throw it in for the day. Didn't happen. So I'm walking around these streets, right? And I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do? And this is actually hours before I came to meet you. Um, I'm walking along the streets and I walk past in Indianapolis, obviously Gen Con game stores are a thing. Um, walk past this place, good game, which I recognize immediately. Uh, it's in downtown Indianapolis, and it's an Australian board game franchise that has just started to go international. So I walk in, and sure enough, uh, all the executives are hanging out there waiting for flight from back to Australia. So we sat down, we had a chat. Everybody in that store is great. Go check it out if you're in downtown uh, Indy. If you're listening to this in Indy, uh, go say g'day to the people at Good Game in uh, in Indianapolis. Yeah, it's off of South Oh, Good Games. Street. Good Games, yeah. yep. Good games yeah. right off of Murderian Street. I should check that out because that's not, I don't think that's too far from where I bartend at. Okay, yeah, that's not that far at all. <laughs> I should go check that place out. Mm -hmm. um, Which explains how I just, and, and ultimately the end of that story is I left my, I got into talking to them. I'm like, I'm Australian too, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and I got to leave my bags there while I came to see you. And I got to walk around the city and I did the sky walk or whatever it is, the, the 
walk around the tourist crap. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it was just a, a great coincidence that really worked out for me. And I ended up making some great corporate connections back home if I end up back there. Are you uh, are you coming back to Gen Con this year? Uh, hopefully. Uh, okay. Depends on. I, I Before that, I have uh, there's a, there's one of the probably like the number two convention in the US is Origins, which is in Columbus. So we'll see how that goes. And then uh, I've had an invite to work a booth there, but yeah, we'll have to just wait and see what happens uh, at Origins to sort of see what happens at Gen Con. So how does that work? Do they do certain companies or businesses reach out to you towards your platform uh, to kind of like say like, hey, would you like to have a booth here or something like that? So I I, I don't do booths. I just do meetings. Okay, um, sorry. Because I don't have I don't have my own company. I'm publishing. Uh, I, I'm doing freelance so i'm publishing for other okay. companies gotcha. um or trying to at least um designing for other companies i should say but no uh once you get to know certain people usually uh it's volunteer for the bigger companies and the smaller companies will usually pay um but uh, in my position sometimes they'll they'll reach out because you know just a known quantity they're like hey you coming to this do you want to do work for us for you know, a couple of uh, a couple of days that the show's on and stuff like that, and I put you up in a hotel and and you know expenses and all that sort of crap. I've actually thought of going to Gen Con this year. Well, we'll be in touch, and if you're going, uh, I can certainly do. If you're going to do a day or something like that, I can try and carve out some time. Um, depending again, depends on what happens with the rest of the stuff this year. So I'm not sure. Yeah, if, yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, I'm not sure how free I'll be. My <laughs> so here's a little bit about my background with uh with any. I guess you could say somewhat like of a nerdy gaming background. Um, when I was a kid, probably like a lot of young gentlemen, uh, Magic the Gathering was the one for me. So that that's where um, and I, I fit in because my brother and his friends would play and he was like two years older than me. So I was like, I guess I'll just I'll go play, too. So um, and I haven't played in well over 15. Let's see. I'm like I'm 33. I probably haven't played in like 20 years, mm -hmm. but I remember that was the game where it was like, I, I was in Boy Scouts too. So um, like we would, we would get together at campouts and stuff and like we'd either play that or we would have people come like for sleepovers and stuff. We would play it. And um, that's probably the only thing that would like really get me excited at, at the time, just to like, to, to go to Gen Con. Yes, it is to learn new games, but also I just want to like be around the magic crowd again um because it was fun for me like you're up night up up late at night with your brother and friends you're just crushing any mountain dew that's in the room and mm -hmm. <laughs> just eating pizza rolls or something like that um but to be honest man i haven't played in so long that i would need like the biggest refresher course ever you definitely would. Now, I'm glad you brought this up because this is going to thread back to everything. Obviously, um, you're, the obviously listeners aren't going to see it, but I've literally got my magic deck sitting within uh, within less than an arm's reach of me right now. So obviously, you know, I've got my green, okay. red deck and stuff like that. So for those who don't know, Magic the Gathering is a trading card game. Um, it's uh, it's basically a game where you play a wizard and you're fighting another wizard and you use the cards as spells. Um, a similar modeled game that people might be even more familiar with if they're not familiar with Magic is Pokemon, where you buy it in packs yeah. of randomized cards and make your own sort of collection and then you use that collection to play against other people. Um, and I'm glad you brought this up because this is going to thread us back to my podcast. Um, so my podcast is all about that genre of gaming. My podcast yep. is all about games where you buy only 
random parts of the collection or the game itself rather than you know we talked about before about going into a game store and buying a game right off the shelf you've got the game you open it up and you play it these types of games you go in you buy uh steel product that you go and open and it's got a random assortment of stuff in it and then you create a basically your own game out of that sort of your own deck and then you can play within the rules that the game has with somebody else who's done the same thing um so that's what it's all about and uh and i definitely noticed when i started this uh well i started sort of the online branding of it way back but the the podcast side of it started back in i think 2020 yeah that sounds about right um and there was just it was a huge gap in the market it was actually like literally two weeks before the pandemic so uh, i didn't know how much time i'd have to work on it but obviously i got a lot more time before i um <laughs> before i knew it and uh and yeah i just noticed that there was a gap in that part of the tabletop gaming market so i jumped in it and i i loved magic i loved magic since i was a kid man um and i love pokemon and i loved you know by extension people might be familiar with Yu-Gi-Oh, which are the big three uh disney's got one coming out this year um where they're using all their own ip for everything from mickey mouse to we assume star wars and marvel and everything else that disney has um so yeah so yeah 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 that's just the way ips work um but yeah so that's that's what that's what the podcast is about i speak to people about that kind of thing you know uh it's evolved into a network so we've got four shows on it now so it's uh it's good and and you know it gives me a chance to you know I use it personally as a networking function within the industry because a lot of when Magic came out way back in the 90s, a lot of new people came in working in the industry. And a lot of the people who were either good at Magic or worked on Magic initially all own companies now. So uh, that's that's sort of where I'm at. And that's the Booster Pack Network. That's the Booster Pack Network. That's the brand in which I'm under. Uh, and basically, like I said, I've got uh, four shows, three of which I'm on and one of which somebody else does. Um, gotcha. And, you know, talk about everything specifically in that very narrow niche of board gaming or tabletop gaming. Um, and to speak to what you're saying about Gen Con, great year to go to Gen Con if you want to get into Magic. Um, there is uh, today, this year is actually the 30th anniversary of Gen Con launching Magic the Gathering way back in 93. Um, a lot of people are going to be there, I think um so yeah and there's a lot of change in that in that game uh in the recent years so you would need a huge refresher but in in the essence you're still slinging spells and throwing fireballs in people's faces i think i I mean i would definitely go to spectate i'm nowhere in the position to like even think about playing but (laughs) i would have to not competitively they can just play casually no dude i'm competitive or bust no i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) um yeah, that's true too. Gosh, that just reminds me because when we would play the most excited, it was the, the I was like I said, I was, it was I was my older brother. It was him and his buddies, and I guess I wanted to like fit in or something. But what I loved the most was we would all go to the card shop and we chose like, all right, everyone choose your own dice. So I was like, all right, I get to have a mm-hmm. different dice from everybody else. I want something cool. And to be honest, I bet I still have that stuff in my mom's basement because, you know, like parents leave like totes of like their kids growing up mm-hmm. with a bunch of stuff. So I bet I still have that stuff. Um, well, I mean, what would you say? 20 years ago, some of that could be worth coin nowadays. Um, the other weird thing about collectible games is because you buy them randomly. There's a whole secondary market like there's there's people who pay, you know hundreds of dollars for brand new cards or you know and some cards are worth you know less than a cent you know it's it's because it, they uh, you know a uh, great time to crack my second drink because they're about to bring it up um uh, we have a pilsner commons because you know you can't have randomized trading cards without commons and rares weren't they gonna do a magic the gathering movie or did they 
They tried for a couple of years. Like, Fox had the rights for a while. Um, and one of the guys who made, like, the X-Men movies was trying to get it done. Uh, but that fell apart. And then they pivoted to making a Netflix animated show, uh, which was halfway through production. It had, like, Brandon Roth as the star, who was, like, one of the Supermans at one point. Um, but yeah. uh, it was just going to be animated, sort of like the Castlevania show or that um, show uh, Vox Mechana, sort of like that sort of vibe. But um, when Netflix started losing uh, their... Uh, their stock price and people started pulling out like during the end of pandemic and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and that was just one of the shows that got, I think, put on the chopping block. What are your thoughts on some of those movies or TVs that, um, or like TVs or movies based off of video games or games? Video games. Okay. So, I mean, video games notoriously are, are, are a rough go. Obviously we've had this year, we've had last of us, but the standout exception. And, and a lot of people are saying it's the best video game adaption ever for you know video game to screen um there's some good ones i mean uh and there's some god awful ones like who remembers that there was an assassin's creed movie or a 90s mortal kombat movie um uh, the board up. games the 90s mortal kombat movie the first one <laughs> i thought was good the second the one van damme van damme and stuff is that what we're no, talking about no van damme was van street damme? van damme was street, street fighter. fighter oh um, uh uh christopher lambert oh was christopher lambert. Yeah, yeah, yeah in the first in the yeah. first mortal kombat movie yeah that yeah, one yeah, yeah. i'm sorry i'm mixing them up yeah. But the rest yeah, yeah, of them, yeah. yeah, the rest of them are just trash, man. Last it's, of Us the, is good. The vast of us, the vast of that sort of stuff is good. I mean, uh, we're talking about like that Gen Con, you know, board gaming, tabletop gaming sphere. Uh, that Dungeons and Dragons movie just came out and is getting pretty good reviews. I haven't seen it yet, um, but uh, but it's supposed to be okay. But then, like before that, like what do you have movies based on board games? Really, like there was Clue from the eighties, fucking great. Um, uh, Tim Curry. Yeah, yeah, Tim Curry. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one. But then in between there, like, what do you got? You got like Battleship with Rihanna. Like, that, what the <laughs> hell were they doing with that? Like, why is Rihanna fighting space mutants on a battleship? And then they they have the gold halfway through, uh, like, have like a radar, and they're like, oh, we've got to blast it at a sector A four. No, I think we should blast it sector A ship A six. I I don't even know, but I'm sure somebody said you sunk my battleship in that in that in that movie. I'm sure, probably like right before the end credits. I mean, there is of course, <laughs> there is of course Jumanji. That's true, but that was a that is yeah. I mean, I guess that is a board game now. Like that sells like as a board like, game like crazy. It was a movie first though, right? Kids book. Well, I guess that that doesn't count. That shouldn't be in that genre of a board game movie. I'm yeah, I don't like think the a... board game original, and then it's like here's the advantage, like Clue, perfect example. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, and then you stay, like board games are esoteric, right? Like obviously we talked about you know building from story first and then mechanics first. Like I mean I can't imagine what an Uno movie or a Skipbo movie or something like that looks like. That's not even a thing. But I know they were talking about a Monopoly movie for a while. Um, I mean if they can do what they've done with Barbie recently, maybe there's hope yet. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think how you could make that interesting, unless it is one of those like Clue. I think it, you're basically doing a mystery movie. In a way, yeah. Um, yeah. Those other, but what are you games... doing with like? So, use the example from before. What would we do if we were doing a, a code names movie? Just a bunch of spies going around, going, "Are you, are you, uh, toilet paper?" Yeah, like, exactly. You, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. No, I'm the assassin, and then they kill the guy, and you know, Boom. that's it. And yeah. credit. Yeah, twenty minutes in. Um, there have been any, uh, has there been any movies this year that have that uh, you've caught that have kind of stood out? Because I know you're a big um, movie guy too. That's something that we talked about when you were downtown. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, there's a bunch of stuff. This year has been a super crazy busy year. There's been a lot of lifestyle changes for me, so I haven't been up with it as much as I can. I think my favorite thing I've read, uh, read, idiot, uh, watched recently is uh, something that really hit me. It was a small movie, um, and it wasn't weird or anything like that. It was just a really nice movie. It was called Rye Lane. It's uh, it's out of the UK. It's about uh, two uh, young, uh, a young, uh, two young black people who basically are having really shit days or really shit times in their lives. Come together, sort of know some mutual friends, and sort of have this like little mini like relationship adventure. It's a really small movie, really low key indie, uh, but I just found it so charming. Sort of has that Wes Anderson sort of vibe. Sort of reminds me of a Richard Linklater movie. Yeah, I saw a trailer for that now because I just looked it up and I was like, oh, wait, I did. I saw some trailer and it was probably on like TikTok or Instagram or something. And I was like, what? what is hmm. this? But it does seem like one of those. Low, I think it's actually straight to Hulu or something. Like, actually, it is on Hulu. I think it might have right been straight to Hulu here. It might have had a proper release in the UK. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah, because it, yeah, it's release date in the UK, March 17th. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I have no idea. I, I, I got no idea. But I saw I caught it the other day and, you know. It was it was really good. I really had no problems with it whatsoever. And obviously, like, is it does Glass Onion count as this year? I mean, it was like December twenty eighth or something like that. I really I like I that a lot. So. But I yeah, I think so. Um, but uh, there's a couple of cool indie things coming out that I really want to keep an eye on. Um, I really want to see. Uh, I think it's called Showing Up is another one that really sounds really cool. Uh, set in the art world. Um, uh, yeah, there's a whole bunch. Just there's so much content nowadays that it's almost overwhelming. It is overwhelming. Who am I kidding? Yeah, I um I had my buddy Josiah on, gosh, quite a few weeks ago, and he has a podcast. Basically, his podcast is a mixture between sports and movies. Um, he's been putting a lot more time in it to like movies and whatnot. So he's doing, um, he actually showed me like Letterboxd, which is like this website mm-hmm. app, basically where you just almost any movie you want and uh, <laughs> or can <laughs> think of. And um, he's inspired me to, gosh, I think, yeah, last year he said he had a goal of watching 150 new films, which is very, yeah, very impressive. Um, Like one every two and a half days? Yeah, he said it's like two or three a week. Yeah, at my at my peak, I was doing I, I was probably close to 200 at my peak. Uh, I We didn't even get into this, but back in my Australia days, I worked at an independent sort of um when I say video store, I don't mean like a rental store. I mean like a store, like a, like if you talk about an independent record store, so people would come in. And in Australia, we had a very small DVD market. So getting imports from places like America or the Europe would get like all those weird, obscure indie films. And that's sort of what we specialized in. And I managed that store for like six years. So I've definitely done my fair share around the celluloid. Man, I need to, I just need to like really dive into movies a lot more. Um mm-hmm. It's and so I, hard nowadays because television quality has gotten so good as well. Like movies used to be the high quality of like thing. Yeah. But, you know, I just saw Beef. Beef was fantastic. It was a TV yeah. show with A24's first TV show, right? Yeah. I uh, I mean, I can't, conf- uh, I can't confirm that. But that, I mean, definitely, definitely had all the A24-iness that kids love nowadays. Um, Speaking okay. of which, uh, Bo is Afraid looks really cool. That's what I was just going to ask you if you were going to see that this year. Yeah, the answer is yes. <laughs> yes there we go. There's I think it just few. announced its digital date. I think. Okay. Well, first off, it's Walking Phoenix, who's a stud. Mm-hmm. He's actually he's doing uh Great. he's doing Napoleon this year. So Ridley Scott, like a, like a straight biopic for Napoleon. Uh yeah, like Ridley Scott's directing it. 
Oh, really? I hadn't I hadn't caught that news yet. Uh, but that's cool. I think I, I love. I, like I may have seen a picture of them filming it like late last year, and then um, it's supposed to release this year, and it's already May. So I would assume I'm going to guess it's probably going to be like a winter or or late fall release or something like that because I haven't seen anything else about it. Um, Oppenheimer comes out in July. Mm. That's going to be a big one. Yeah, Mm -hmm. well, the cast is ridiculous too, so it's like Mm -hmm. it's got to be good. And of course, it's Christopher Nolan. Yeah, Um, and I I mean the Manhattan Project story that's going to be fantastic. Like, well, you know what? uh, You know what I'm looking forward to? Uh, I just saw it got a digital date because they didn't bring it to the cinema here. Living in a small rural place, you do get edged out of um, a lot of like of the more obscure stuff. We do have a cute little cinema down here that plays the indies, um, but it's sort of, uh, it's called city cinema and, and uh, my friend actually manages it. And, uh, and, you know, they get some stuff, but not everything, but air, I want to see air. I think that looks really cool. Oh, just saw it. Oh, really? what did you think? Yeah, it was, um, it was really fun. Okay. It was cool. I mean, cause it's eighties base. It's about, you know, Michael mm-hmm. Jordan's shoe mm-hmm. <laughs> basically. <laughs> and uh, Nike kind of, you know, being in competition with like the other shoe brands, like your Adidas and no Converse. So it was Adidas, mm-hmm. Converse, and then Nike. Um, mm-hmm. But it was good. I mean, the cast was good. Um, it the, the 80s theme was was fun, like good soundtrack, good, you know, just the good 80s vibe, which I'm always down for. But um, it was it was really good. Okay, really awesome, good. man. I, I like I, I like Affleck behind the camera. Like Argo yep. was one of my favorite films of the year oh, it came yeah. out. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and town, obviously, town gone, baby gone as well. Like, yeah. or I mean, he's had to, he's had a couple of flops in the last little while, but mm-hmm. um, but Affleck behind the camera was pretty good work. Yeah, so I mean, it was him, Matt Damon, uh, Jason Bateman, Chris Tucker, Viola Davis. Like, mm-hmm. y- with with a cast like that, I mean, you, you should produce a pretty decent product. I would I would hope at least, right? It's not always the case, but yeah, not always, <laughs> but yeah, I would hope. Um, I really want to see Wes Anderson. I. I do like the West Anderson City. Yeah, Astrid City. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I was just watching. I was just. I was just reading about that today. Actually, I'm super excited for it. No I love it. It's 50 set. Like I love anything that's sort of a, sort of a 20th century period piece. So mm-hmm. uh, it, it's ticking all the boxes for me uh, already. I mean, Dune maybe. Like, oh yeah. Did you stuff. see the trailer? You see the trailer for Dune? I haven't. Too? I have. I've seen it's up. I, I I've been pretty slack. I haven't. I haven't watched it yet, but I know it's going to be quality. Like Villeneuve is gonna do great work i mean i saw the first one it was fantastic um no real complaints there still love the david lynch original one um as well but that's obviously that's got a little bit more camp and and hokiness to it but it's it's worth a watch yeah i saw the first one um i did not see it in theaters actually but the first new one you mean yeah the first new one sorry yeah i saw the first one uh for the first time at home i took an edible (laughs) <laughs> and I was, like, I was like, all right, let's just get the full experience here. Um, it's an incredible film. It's Dude, worth I could not sure. take an edible, especially if it's hitting in that hand in the box scene. Like, yeah. it's just be like, I'd be like, oh, my God, I'm not putting my hand in any yeah, sort of dude. closed surface. Like, for uh, the next it was a little while. You talking about was... being afraid of straight fighters. I got hand claustrophobia now from that movie. <laughs> yeah, I um, I'm definitely going to have to rewatch it a couple times. I mean, I've rewatched mm-hmm. it a couple times since then, but like, I'm going to rewatch it a few times before. Um, I see part two because I think that comes out in October. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, November it's usually or something like that. Last it's one was fall. November. So I assume yeah. it's going to be. I haven't looked at the date, but I know there's a trailer out. I haven't looked at it. I mean, there's so many movies this year, especially that that I'm really excited for. There's uh, there's one with Michael Fassbender that's actually directed by um, uh, David Finch. Okay. 
But I mean, I like David Finch, which is for people listening at home as director of Fight Club and, and stuff like that. Listening at home. What a ridiculous thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> for those listening, wherever they are, at the end of that sentence is irrelevant for those listening. Um, but yeah, no, uh, but I, I'd be interested in anything. I love Michael Fassbender. There was once a time in my life where this was my passion. I'd be able to name that two years before it came out. Yeah, you know what I watched recently? It's not. Uh, we're gonna get off movies in just a second. You're but, good, uh, man. But <laughs> we'll keep rolling. Um, but uh, yeah, you know what I watched recently? I thought was really good. Uh, Emily the Criminal. Did you see that last year? Uh uh-uh. uh What's it about? So uh, basically, uh, it's an indie with Aubrey Plaza, um, who's basically down and out, no luck. Uh, basically, just doing gig economy stuff like Ubers and uh, you know Uber Eats and and that kind of stuff. You know, just trying to make ends meet. Really working in a kitchen here and there. Uh, and she gets hooked up with uh, sort of like this very low-key crime syndicate, like just basically doing fake returns at Walmart and all that sort of stuff and then like pocketing the cash and then selling that out. And it escalates into her being basically like a, you know, a, a, this you know independent criminal uh, and sort of taking on this, you know, a, the biggest scope of, you know, what a, a single person who is doing illegal stuff does when they start to get too big for their own sort of space. Um, I don't want to ruin it too much, but it's 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 a really tight little fun movie. I mean, obviously the name is reminiscent of it, but it sort of gave me sort of Leon the Professional vibes uh, and stuff like that. Actually, if you saw Beef and liked it, uh, strongly recommend it as well. Sort of has that same tenor, especially for uh, Stephen Ewan's part of the character. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look that one up. Um, I'm I'm just adding things to my watch list as you're <laughs> giving these recommendations. Well, this is exactly how we met, right? This is exactly how this you met. How you're met, just like, yep. give me the weirdest shit you can think of, and I'm throwing like begotten and obscure, it's... sort of like like bizarre European titles and stuff at you at this time. There was um, that's right, because we ended up talk. I, I ended up asking you about movies. I was like, all right, give me some like weird, dark, twisted films. And and to me at the time, I said, um. I'm like, okay, well, one of them's probably like Blue Velvet or um, or River's Edge or uh, Tusk or something like that. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, those are nothing compared to what I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm throwing out like Salo uh, and, and you know, uh, like I said, Begotten and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> no, I'm, I mean, I enjoy like A24 I really like because they are on the darker side and, and they're a little weird. Um, yeah. You know. Uh, I mean, they've been around for over a decade now and they've sort of that's where they've started moving towards they've sort of moved towards that sort of artistic sort of grimy sort of thriller based sort of stuff you know the ariaster and then others sort of thing did you see everything everywhere all at once of course it was like my favorite movie of last year okay yeah yeah no it's it's solid man i, I actually forgot that was a24 for a second i know um, but it's solid uh have you seen did you see swiss army man oh um i actually have that I, I tried to watch that last week, um, but something came up. No, in other words, because okay. I do like Paul Dano quite a bit. Yep. Um, and I know he's in there. So. Uh, so that's for the, I mean, if people don't know why I randomly brought that up, that's the same director as uh, or directors as everything everywhere all at once. Um, it's a very different vibe, but I would definitely recommend checking out everything everywhere. Um, it might even be better to do everything everywhere first and then go back and be like, oh, I get what these guys are doing now. <laughs> okay. You know, like it's, it's kind of like that sort of weird, uh, everything everywhere is a little bit more like mainstream palatable, I guess. It's good to know. I'll definitely have to add that on here. Um, yeah. So I wanted to, I thought about this right before, right before we started. And uh, I guess I don't know. If I, I want to at least include this before we end. 
give me, let's say if I were to go to Australia, what are some, <laughs> okay. what are some slang terms that, that I need to know or that, that I should know? Like what are like the top five? Cause the terminology is uh, different. Very, very. I'm actually only like, even after seven years, like I grew up in a lot of us and, you know, British sort of media and stuff like that. So uh, I make a lot of concessions. Like okay. before I said dry erase board. Uh, and uh, that's not what that's called. That's, that you know, a whiteboard or there's, there's a bunch of other names for that in Australia. But I've been thinking about this recently, more and more recently. And only I only recognize it when I'll say something without realizing. Okay. Um, uh, and somebody will be like, what the hell are you talking about? Um, like, so today, oh, not even today. All right, let's go back. One of my podcasts. Uh, I was talking to a game designer who made a game about uh, uh, skateboarding or okay. whatever, or extreme sports or whatever. And I said something along the lines of, oh, what happens when you stack it? Like stack as in, you know, a pile or whatever. Yeah. And do you know what that, that would mean in the context of like skateboarding if I was to stack at skateboarding? Uh-uh. So as an Australian, I guess, Australian slang term, that means to uh, bail or fall off. Okay. If you're riding your bike or if you're like skateboarding or something like that and you fuck up, you, you screw up a grind, you, you can't do it. You just, you know, you you fuck up and you get plastered across the concrete. You stacked it, man. Yeah, if, you if, stacked if, it, man. Cause am you I allowed to use that? Can I use that? You have. I, I, I'll have to get permission from the home office. But uh, <laughs> essentially, yes, you are. You are. You are at least uh, temporarily granted use of it. Um, but basically, the idea, I guess, is there is because when you fall over, especially on like a push bike or something like that, you become a stack with everything that you were riding. Okay, I get that. Mm. I read somewhere else, and it's basically like a lot of things are abbreviated. Oh, somewhat, somewhat shortened. Yeah. So let's say, yeah. uh, like McDonald's. Do you say anything different? Macca's. From Macca's. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so today, I texted you. I texted you today to be like, "Oh, I'll talk to you later this afternoon." And I literally typed out Arvo, A-R-V-O, and then backspaced. And I'm like, I don't think I'll know what Arvo is, because that means afternoon in Australia. That's good to know. Um, yeah. So I had, to, this... I had to, like, wipe it out and sort of, you know, play to my audience. Okay. Here's a slang. Wrap your language gear around that. Yeah, I mean, that just means... Yeah, that I, wouldn't, I w- would not hear that every day. That's something that that is, like, that is out there but that's not the kind of thing you'd hear every day but yeah that just means put your you know eat it i guess okay what do you call a mosquito a mozzie okay what do you call Are you reading from a yeah. slang list is it like a wikipedia <laughs> article or something because yeah, <laughs> i'm like, like how australian are you <laughs> yeah, exactly right now i'm going for the i'm going for the record <laughs> No, I just had this thought because um, there's this other podcast I came across um, from Australia. I think it was just some random clip and it was like... There's a lot of Australian podcasts. I'm starting to feel like Australian podcasts are basically just people in that country's cry for help. You think so? Yeah, yeah. Just a lot of them are like, we just want to be part of the international conversation. We can't stand it here anymore. But I mean, there's other things as well. Like, okay, so uh, stacked it means crashing it on a... um, uh, on a like an extreme sport vehicle where it's skateboard scooter bike however that wouldn't apply in a car so if you were in a car and you had an accident you'd have a prang okay that yeah so i got into a prang yesterday means that i had a car crash because that's the sound it's an onomatopoeia thing i think okay i gotcha it's like prang you know, you know whatever um 
Um, oh, avocado. Um, I mean, I mean, avo. I guess I can't really. What's the What's the article say? Uh, Google does say avo. Avo? Yeah. I mean, that's I, that's just one of those like that's like calling somebody Jonathan Jono. Like that's just gotcha. one of those like okay, it's, it's, like the liquor stores are called Bottleos. Really? Yeah. So there's no liquor stores in Australia. You've got to go down the bottle of. I, I like that saying more, honestly. Yeah. Okay, there's the obvious one, barbecue. Uh, yeah, of course. That one's, that one's uh, obvious. Uh, beer, cold one. Yeah, yeah, cold one, stubby, any of that sort of stuff. Stubby, okay, I like that too. Man, stubby, I'm learning. Stubby, okay, stubby's a little bit, stubby can refer to any bottle of beer, but mostly a bottle of beer with a small neck. Okay, so like a Modelo or something like I that. I guess like a little so, yeah, I mean, I guess so. It's got it's that got stout a stubby, in it. stout, yeah, yeah, okay. So it's I basically like a bottle, it's, 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 a, it's a can's worth. But it's sort of in a bottle shape. Okay. So it's I a little gotcha. bit less of a serve. But and the other thing, I mean, we're getting off on drinking here. Obviously, you know, you <laughs> ten bar at stuff. Um, but like all of our uh, sizes are flipped. So our pints are the smallest, and our schooners are the biggest. How big is a schooner? I don't is know. Is that like your like a, this? Like the I mean, like okay. people can't see. I'm holding up my mug that I stole from the the Cheers bar in oh, Boston. Hell yeah. Nice, dude. I would mm-hmm. take that too. Um, yeah, I stole it and then walked out, was running away, and then realized it was a gift shop next door. Yeah, but you took that from the original, so like that's honestly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, better. it's the same thing, though. Yeah, exactly. It's way better, and it's yeah, crime pays. Watch Emily the criminal. Okay, and I would almost hate myself if I didn't ask you, who is Australia's national treasure? Well, he got impaled with a stingray, but it was okay. Steve Owen until then. <laughs> Um, okay, yeah. National tre- national treasure. I mean, that's my thought. Hugh my Jackman, thought would Hugh Jackman's probably going to be the easier answer there. See, that's that's what I was Chris thinking Hemsworth. after. So I, of course, it's always going to be Crocodile Hunter for me. Growing up, like that's what I watched before I went to school. Um, and then when I started, I actually thinking edited that, that show for a couple of for a couple of weeks. No that was way. A, that was a fun experience. Yeah, yeah. I did. I uh, when I was in high school, like, you know, they used to do like a job placement thing. Did yeah. editing on on like his show back when he was still alive like he must have died like three or four months after i did this but yeah i definitely if there's an episode you ever see with him fucking around with a rhinoceros i edited that episode no way yeah i mean that's just a weird little like job placement thing yeah um but it's yeah it's an awesome experience though yeah i mean it's considering like how few and far between film opportunities in australia yeah well especially things that would resonate with an international audience for sure I'll never forget that scene I saw where I think he was on like some news show or some talk show and he had uh, he had the snake around its ne- his neck and then he was just talking casually and then he just stops in conversation. Oh, yep. He yeah, he's biting on me right now and he's just carrying a conversation like it's nothing. Yeah. What a savage. <laughs> tough, a tough, uh, tough fella built like a brick shit house. you'd say in Australia. They said that. Oh, yeah, I, I guess. They say that in America, maybe not as much though. I've heard the saying, right? Before. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, trying to think. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how how uh, explicit can your podcast get? Oh, we've already hit that. All You're right. Good. Well, then he's a fucking tough cunt. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. There's certain sayings I feel like it. It's it's so different. Like in America, that has a different meaning. Maybe it has a different. I would assume it has a. Different well, I mean, if you want to go like the meaning, the meaning, no pun intended, but the meaning route. Um, so 
we would say like for road, you know, like, oh, you've got to go along route 16, right? Yeah. But then do you know what, you know, like, I'm not sure if it means the same thing here. I doubt it. But do you know what also that word root would also mean? I do not. So root is a casual slang term for intercourse, like fucking. So essentially, uh, you know, on uh, at the weekend, I had a root means that I got laid on the weekend. Okay. So a lot of the time, you know, like American would say, oh, we're going to go root for the home team. Um, and you'd have to be a pretty fucking slutty person to root the entire home team in Australia. Like, it just doesn't translate, right? Like, He's bad. Oh, it's such a different translation now. I'm learning yeah. so much right now. I'm, this, this, is, this is great. This is great. It's, it's just because <laughs> such of our country was built, our country, such of the country I used to live in is, uh, is built on sort of blue collar sort of working class sort of uh, tenants, right? There was no elitism really in Australian culture until you know the last couple of decades so a lot of our language is rooted in you no know, okay that's the other that's the American version rooted in yep there we um go. it is derived <laughs> from uh sort of like blue collar you know construction site plumbing that sort of industry uh and it's sort of blue it, you know blown up from there okay it's so wild how different the world is just different countries <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> In Australia, not even close to the wildest parts, except for the animals. It's weird. Like in America, you can go to, I mean, Indianapolis compared to even like Boston. There's a difference, right? Now, for me, right yeah. now, with 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 my current job, I um, I work remote, so I work from home. But I'm talking to contractors, technicians throughout the entire country. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm pretty flexible on communication, adaptable in certain you know uh, conversations with. You know, you can't really talk to somebody in Boston the same way you could talk to them in like Jackson, Mississippi. Totally different. No, different in general. You know. Um, well, I mean, this goes back to that road trip I mentioned, right? Like we did almost at least all of the outline states, all of the perimeter states within six months, right? And every two or three days, it felt like we were in another country. Did you go to Minnesota? Uh, no, because that again, removing the Midwest, um, Indianapolis is really the only part of a non and, and sort of Kentucky, Tennessee, a couple of those other sort of lower Southern states, that sort of Midwest sort of cluster that sort of has the crown jewel of Chicago that yep. you sort of missed, but everywhere okay. else you went. So all the way down uh, West coast, then South uh, up through the South all along, basically all of the Southern states and then back up the East coast. What was your biggest takeaway? <laughs> it's <laughs> not, not very <laughs> flattering to your country. Um, <laughs> uh, it was, it was during uh, Trump era, so uh, oh, okay. extrapolate whatever you want from that. Um, but it was uh, my biggest takeaway is that America has some work to do. I think there are some people who still think it's a type of America that they were sold on 20, 40, 60 years ago, but mm-hmm. it needs to grow. Um, but it's also a fucking beautiful country. It is basically, it is its own country, but it's basically like Europe. You know, to speak to what you're saying before, you've got you know your Cincinnati uh, you know type accent, you've got your Boston type accent, you've got your California type accent, and not just accents, but attitudes as well. Yeah. Um, and if you're covering the same space, basically, I'm stretching here, but more or less is Europe. So you know, it's just as diverse as going from Italy to Belarus, right? Like in some capacity. Um, and it, the, the philosophies and the ideology and the culture change so vastly over state lines. It's absolutely wild to see 
how those 13 colonies have grown into something that is a patchwork of something so unique. I think that's a great description. Yeah, I mean that makes You're a lot welcome. of sense. Yeah, no, that, 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 that makes that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. I mean, even when I was growing up, like my family and I, we would we would go on road trips and stuff like that, but it was more so just camping or hiking and going to, like national parks and whatnot. So you didn't see mm-hmm. too much of you know what that each state or even city was was about. You didn't get to really take it in like like you can now as an adult. But yeah, I would agree. There's 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 just so many areas of the country that, you know, need work or need to kind of do better, if that makes sense. Oh, for um, sure. Like, I mean, yeah. coming from two countries, Canada and Australia, that both have a sort of more socialist structure to the way that they uh, their government embraces their population. Um, and we're not getting political here. We're just talking about just general right. facts. No, yeah. um, but seeing parts of America, it is absolutely jaw dropping. Like it was, it was akin to parts of like, and not to call out this city specifically, every city had it. Um, Indianapolis had it when I saw it. Um, but like somewhere like Baltimore, where they have those extreme projects, they have that extreme poverty in pockets of the city. It is, there is parts of that country that are our third world that, you, I mean, there are parts of Australia that are third world as well, but they are so much more prominent because they're in those sort of urban areas uh, mm-hmm. and sort of those more like, you know, dense uh, uh, sort of higher capita areas and stuff like that. It's really interesting to see. It's it's a fascinating, as somebody who grew up on American media and especially in the era when America was doing okay, you know, the 90s was, it was doing good. Uh, yeah. It's interesting to see the dichotomy between those two because, you know, it was sort of like the land of the free versus what we see nowadays. And of course, there has always been that problem and there always will be that problem. But it's just a lot more. It feels like it's a lot more threadbare nowadays. Yeah, I would agree. Um, it's good to get your take because I know you're, you know, just the outside view. But yeah, I. I uh, so let me ask you this. What's your favorite place that you've been in the US that is a place that where you haven't lived or had some sort of like familial connection? Honestly, man. Um, so recently I went to uh, last spring, actually. So last year I went to Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And what I really liked about it was it was a coastal state. So, I mean, you're like right on, you know, you're you're we, w- we went to a brewery pub um, mm-hmm. that it was, you know, it was on the harbor. So there was like fresh seafood daily, basically mm-hmm. um, that that one really stood out. Otherwise, I mean majority of the national parks i've been to i really liked zion and bryce canyon last mm-hmm. year um love bryce canyon absolutely yes. gorgeous you drive along gorgeous. that road and basically the entire world drops off just yeah. a foot outside your car door you're driving yep. along it's like you're on your it's like you're on nature's roller coaster really yeah yeah that and and i mean while we were down there we also went to like the grand canyon and stuff so like we walked down there and that's another one where it's just turn mm-hmm. back after turn back and you're one wrong step and it's like oh that's that was cool you know yeah, um, yeah goodbye yeah goodbye. Um, i love grand canyon as well and, and, did you have that effect that some people have it certainly happened to me but where you're looking at it and it looks like it's like a hollywood painting backdrop or something like that like there's just so much space it just looks like it's a pastel painting like it's hard to comprehend the space that's in front of you at the grand canyon it seems like one of those things like first glance you're like oh that's cool and then you like keep looking and keep looking. You're like, wow, I'm it's just ongoing, basically. I mean, yeah, you're just staring it, yeah. at something In- and then infinite. you're just yeah, infinite, basically. Um, mm. yeah, so that was that was last year. So that's another recent one. Um, oh shit, that was two years ago. Man, I'm getting old. 
<laughs> but Dude, I'd say yeah, time like, has been compressed. Favorite places in the country, man. I mean, it, not including Minnesota, where I lived um, recently. I would probably say you know Nashville. I, I enjoy Nashville, um, and then Connecticut. Those those are the two that really stood out. Haven't really been to California. I've been to San Diego, but that was on my way down to Mexico many many yeah. years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to uh, like ideally on my bucket list. I'd love to go to Redwood um redwood national like the, forest yeah it went yeah oh my god dude it's oh, so dude. breathtaking yeah, again you, that's the opposite of grand canyon when you're at the top of the grand canyon you feel big because everything looks small when yeah. you're in the redwoods you, everything feels giant and because you feel microscopic oh man i gotta get there and then of course i do want to get to Banff in canada so that's that's yeah. not obviously that's not in america but that's another big place I'm, I'd, I'd love to go to in the next couple beautiful, of years. So. Beautiful little town. Uh, yeah. but you got to go, go, obviously go for the winter. Like it is fucking cold, but go for the winter if you're into like the snow sports. If you're yeah. not and you just like going out and hiking and stuff like that, summer is great and you get to see a whole bunch of black bears. Some grizzlies, but a whole bunch of black bears. It's a beautiful little, little, little city, a uh, little town, I guess. Expensive, but good. Yeah. You're bringing those fat there. American bills over the border. So you probably don't need to worry about money. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, that conversion rate's pretty sweet for you guys at the moment. <laughs> at the moment, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's so much of the world to see. Like, oh, I've been is. overseas once. I went to Israel and Jordan, and even that was that was incredible. Um, but it's 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 just like a lot of people in America haven't even left the country. So, dude, even going to Mexico. People in America don't really know that there are other countries. Really. Yeah, frequently. Yeah, I yeah. Would, I, I, yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, even when I was younger and I went to... <laughs> no, I mean, that's a generalization. Sorry, I should say that's a generalization. <laughs> they do know that there's other countries, but they don't know, you know, uh, the specifics. You know, if I was to mention Australia, they're like, oh, you know, uh, like they think New Zealand is a state of Australia or something like that. You know, like it's... it's it, There is a very limited... And I don't blame you. Like, I know a ton about America because we looked at... I watched Simpsons, I watched Seinfeld, I watched all those American television shows. So you learn about it through osmosis. And you guys are getting those same shows. So... But so you're not really learning about the things from the outside. You know what I mean? Like you're making mm-hmm. your own media. So you're not absorbing by osmosis the knowledge of what the rest of the world is like. Dude, I remember uh, this. Actually, a friend of mine, mm-hmm. a, a good friend of mine, he he learned off of watching Seinfeld. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, that's that's pretty sweet, dude. Like, you know, it's pretty impressive as well. So. And then he just constantly is going, not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. Larry David. <laughs> yeah. Good old Larry David, man. Yeah, I mean, there's so much of the world that, that I'd like to go see, and it all takes yeah. time and takes money. Well, I mean, travel is another passion, man. So, yeah. you know, explore that. And Absolutely. unfortunately, things are super stupid crazy at the moment because, you know, gas prices and, and flights are trying to recoup their losses from the last sort of two and a half years. It's really challenging for me. I mean, my girlfriend lives in Philadelphia. It cost me so much to go visit her. And it cost me, uh, like, I when I flew to Canada, it was mm-hmm. a single-way trip maybe like a grand tops australian so uh american that's got to be like 800 it is i think american net is probably 12 no sorry 2200 one way it's just Jeez, that dude crazy inflated i mean i am flying from a different city and across canada so you know you add a couple hundred bucks on there but just an absolute terrible time to be trying to thriftily travel yeah, we flew to uh, Mexico last December, and I mean, we booked our our trip. Gosh, I don't even know, like probably four or five months before. Mm-hmm. We looked at it as we were in Mexico. We looked at it again, and like it's almost doubled. 
everything, mm-hmm. whether it was just the flight or the hotel or or anything, really. It's it's crazy, man. Just crazy. Mm-hmm. And even like flying to Minneapolis from from Indianapolis here, it's it's stupid expensive. That's why I drive. It's like a nine hour drive. Yeah. I mean, even like uh, like I was looking at flights, you know, like I said, I was going to that convention in Columbus. I'm looking for flights from there to Philadelphia. And a flight is like, I mean, can, uh, American, a good flight, six, seven hundred dollars. And it's like an eight hour drive. Yeah, you want to drive. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you but like that's just how expensive those flights are. And uh, I mean, there is like a three hundred dollar flight, but it's a twenty one hour flight. I got to like fly through Dallas, got to fly through Atlanta, got to go up to you know Maine, you know, and then like boil some lobster, then get back on the plane, (laughs) come all the way back. It's 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 a crazy. It's like what am I going to do for twenty one hours just to save three hundred dollars? Like it was stupid. It was stupid. Mm. Well, brands, my man. Yeah. Where can everybody? uh, Where can everybody find you at? Okay, so uh, as we mentioned during the show, Booster Pack Network is my basically the the thing that I've made where there's a bunch of podcasts about gaming and, and not even just gaming. It's about nerdy, collectible, you know, opening, ranting Booster Pack gaming. So it's not going to be for everyone. Um, uh, I am. I spent years building a profile online about that. Um, I don't use it a lot anymore. Unfortunately, most of my efforts on social media and stuff were like. We're focused around Twitter, and in recent months, I've decided to sort of step away from there for a couple of different reasons. Um, so ultimately, I am still on there, uh, and I would appreciate a follow because I will hopefully, you know, stay optimistic about the future of that platform. Um, so you can find me on there under at CCG History, which is my original like sort of gaming brand, um, and then also the network is uh, TBPN Content. So TBP. And content, so like the Booster Pack Network acronymed, and then content uh, on Facebooks, uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter. Uh, there's a Discord as well, but you guys don't need to worry about that. And obviously, as well, um, whatever the other social media thing is, just the, not the TikToks yet. Um, so a TBPN across the oh YouTube as well. YouTube, we have a video podcast, um, and you can check that out again. Unless you really were turned on by that Magic the Gathering conversation before probably not for you uh, as for me personally i just uh just had a brand new instagram account actually for myself uh my previous my ex-girlfriend a couple months ago uh we had a shared account i've just started a new one so uh is at idle rands uh so i d l e r a n d s as in like idle hands uh are the devil's play thing uh <laughs> or that movie with seth green um i thought it was a funny pun for like two seconds and then i signed up and you know, now I'm stuck with it. So uh, you guys can find me there. Uh, I don't know if there's going to be really anything. I don't really post on Instagram much lately, but I'm trying to uh, ramp that up. Uh, more consumed with the the gaming thing. But if you're interested, check it out. Um, you can also reach me at uh, via email if you're interested. That's rands at theboosterpacknetwork.com. Um, or uh, also, which is, again, if you find it on YouTube, you'll be able to see that email linked in the description as well. So go ahead, have a look there if you're interested in anything we talked about. I mean, we had a fantastic conversation and we didn't just cover my gaming passion. We covered my travel passion. We covered uh, very briefly uh, the Hollywood like like movie stuff that I was also really into. We didn't even start since we met. I've started doing stand up comedy at open mics and stuff like that. And oh, that's something that I'm hoping to do. Yeah, you got to come back on. Yeah, uh, I'm going to let that sort of uh, I've sort of. You know, I'm doing it for a couple of weeks. I'll write a couple of sets um, yeah. and then sort of take a break and then do it again and then sort of write a couple of sets and just sort of see what material works, sort of building building something a little bit more solid. 
Um, and it's been a lot of fun. Uh, it's been a, a new experience for me. So uh, I've always loved that sort of side of things. So uh, that's something else I'm doing as well. I don't really have a handle for that yet. Uh, but in the coming months, that might be the case. And if I come back on, we can talk about that then. Heck yeah. Boom, dude. No, I appreciate it. Uh, like I said, you know, I'm very thankful that we met randomly over a couple beers and uh we are where we are now so thanks dude <laughs> yeah thank god american airlines can't freaking figure out their planes hey <laughs> and they still <laughs> they still have it <laughs> that's all right man well it has been an absolute pleasure hey and anytime you need some advice on going to australia or you know just even some slang talking to australians you let me know hey eh? i got you <laughs> all right catch <laughs> thanks, you in. dude all right yeah. bye